Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet author Daniel Nyeri, film director Paola Mendoza, and brother and sister ice dancers Maya and Alex Shibutani. Storytelling, creativity, activism, and friendship are all themes that ring out in these behind-the-mic interviews. Listen in to hear more, plus discover a side of the shib-sibs that you've never heard before. Enjoy. Hi, this is Daniel Nayeri, author of Everything Sad is Untrue, A True Story. In some ways, I've always been writing my book. When I came to the United States at the age of eight as a refugee, we went to live in Oklahoma. And so anytime I would visit a friend's house or anything like that, you can imagine the first question anybody would ask an Iranian refugee in Oklahoma would be, what are you doing here? So I would answer that question. I had to answer it in a thousand different ways really early on. And I would find myself answering by sort of recombining the story in different ways just to keep myself interested. And by the time I was in elementary school, I realized that I wanted to be a storyteller. I was amazed that you could tell the same story in a thousand different ways. And so I went to school for writing in New York and began to write this book. It's the story of my family going four generations back. In a lot of ways, I always imagined it was sort of what I was meant to do. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be daunting. I will give you a little bit of a behind the scenes. I am in a studio with Lewis Milgram, and that guy has Grammys on the walls, and it looks like a very professional studio, and it's my first time. So it was very intimidating at first. And also, because I was going to sit down and go through 350 pages of my family story in one take. But we got through it. Only a few tears were shed, and we're okay. So there are a lot of words or phrases that I realized I have trouble with in a sentence because I switched back and forth from Farsi to English in this story a lot. And there was several old Farsi words like setalaqe, which have that like sound, that glottal stop. And you got to go straight from that into English. It's a hard transition to make, but... Here's hoping it sounds pretty good when you hear it. Of the narration, I think I am most proud of being able to give it to you in my particular voice, which is sometimes very, very fast, very breathless, and very staccato, very punchy. And that was something I actually worried about if I wasn't reading it. I wanted you to hear the kind of breathless, overly energetic, kind of manic kid telling the story in not a particularly polished way. The kid is like trying to get it all out, you know, like in my head. Like in this book, one of the concessions I made was I was going to use my vocabulary. I wasn't going to do sort of a dumbed down vocabulary, but I wanted the tone and the pace and the cadences all to feel like this 12-year-old just not able to organize it in any professional way, just to be blurting it all out almost and distracted and that sort of, you know, stream of consciousness that a little kid sometimes has. So I hope that that comes across. If I hadn't recorded this myself, my dream narrator would be, I mean, if I can go super famous, Idris Elba, because his voice is amazing. But also there's a really great spoken word poet by the name of Anis Mojgani, and he's half Persian himself. And he has 
some of the greatest performances of spoken word poetry I've ever seen. Like you can see him on YouTube. He's won a lot of competitions. And there are parts of this book that I had written to be hopefully lyrical. And I hope I delivered them. But if anybody could really deliver lyrical, beautiful poetry, it would be Anis Mojigani. And now, wise listener, beautiful listener, listener who is kind to animals, listen to a clip from my audiobook. All Persians are liars, and lying is a sin. That's what the kids in Mrs. Miller's class think, but I'm the only Persian they've ever met, so I don't know where they got that idea. My mom says it's true, but only because everyone has sinned and needs God to save them. My dad says it isn't. Persians aren't liars, they're poets, which is worse. Poets don't even know when they're lying. They're just trying to remember their dreams. They're trying to remember 6,000 years of history and all the versions of all the stories ever told. Hi, this is Paola Mendoza, and I am the co-author of Sanctuary. I am an artist that works at the intersection of immigration rights and art. And my art consists of films, it consists of photographs, it consists of writing. I have been working over the past three and a half years in a really painful and difficult environment with regards to immigration in this moment in time under the Trump administration. I have been on the front lines of family separation, of the fight for DACA, and the horrible policy of remain in Mexico. While I was fighting along these lines with regards to activism, I was always hearing such painful stories of immigrants trying to get into this country or immigrants that were in this country. And while these stories were painful, they were also filled with so much love and dignity and inspiration. And so I believe that the answer to where we currently are in this moment in time in this country is young people. And so I wanted to write a story that encompassed the pain, but also encompassed the dignity and the inspiration and the love, and let young people know what was happening to other young people in this country and ultimately around the world, around the injustices of the government. And as a warning, if our young people, if we as Americans don't fight back against authoritarian regimes and fascism, I believe that this is the world that we will have in 2032. That was the inspiration of the book, and I hope that readers are inspired to make sure that we don't have this world in the future. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, I would say that it would be two words, emotionally draining. And the reason why is this book has a lot of personal story in it. I'm not undocumented, and I did not grow up undocumented but obviously there are parallels of my own personal life in there. And also, just as equally as important, there are people that I've encountered in all of my work and making movies about immigrants specifically whose stories live in these pages. And so I remember when I met them, I remember the stories that they told me, I remember how painful it was for them to share those stories with me. And except for a handful of people... I don't know where those people are now. They live on in these pages, and they have endings in this book, most of them. 
But in real life, I don't know where they are. And I think of them often. They have shaped so much of how I experience the world right now. And they've shaped so much of my current work as an activist and as an artist. So this book, as the dedication says, is really for them. And I hope that if and when they are able to read this story, when they see themselves reflected in these pages, that they are proud and that they believe that their story was told with respect and dignity and love. I had trouble pronouncing the name Malakas. And it's funny that I would have trouble pronouncing the main character's name, but the reason why is because Abby and I, when we were in the writing room, I would always just pronounce his name as Mal. And so Mal, Mal, Mal. And the reason why I started pronouncing his name as Mal was because I always changed it when we were writing between Malakas and Malakas. And so when I was recording it here, it was a disaster, uh, very frustrating. So if you hear some difference in the pronunciation, that is why. I don't know if it's the thing that I'm proudest of, but I think that the dedication to me is very important because it's a reminder for the reader of who this book is for and why we wrote it. And then also on a personal note, there's a lullaby that I can't sing because you can't sing in an audiobook, but there's a lullaby in the book that my mom used to sing to me when I was a baby and that I sang to my son when he was a baby, and so I was able to incorporate it into the book, which was a sweet little family treasure. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved is Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close. It's a beautiful book about female friendships and how important they are and how often in society we actually don't value our friendships. We value romantic relationships. This book tells the story of two best friends, Amina and Anne, how they navigated through difficulties in their friendship and they treated it in many ways like a romantic relationship the importance of it they are not romantic partners that was a beautiful and important celebration especially given where we are in this moment in time with the pandemic in the pandemic I realized that my friendships were so critically important to staying connected to staying grounded to staying hopeful to finding joy in the midst of so much uncertainty and fear and so I feel that this is a perfect book to honor what I believe probably helped a lot of people through the pandemic, which was their friendships. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. It took 15 steps for her to die. 15. One for each year of her life before they snuffed it out. I was supposed to be doing homework. I actually was doing homework. But my phone kept buzzing. So I tapped on the notifications, and there she was. I never did learn her name. In the reports, they would call her an illegal 15-year-old or a 15-year-old immigrant. It depended on who was talking. This is my Shibutani. And this is Alex Shibutani. I wrote my book because I was really tired of working with my sister all hey. of these years. Oh, we wrote the book <laughs> together. Yes, we did. <laughs> we were really excited to take on this new project. We've been working together for years and years on the ice to be the best at our sport that we could possibly be. And we've always loved telling stories. So this was an awesome opportunity to tell a story not about us, but about two kids that 
maybe had some similarities to us. Another set of siblings that get to go to Tokyo for the first time for the Summer Olympics. Which is something similar to, I think we've been to the Olympics before. Not the Summer Olympics, but we definitely know the Winter Olympics. Ah, if only we had been, because then we could have really made the book so much better. <laughs> if we had to describe what it was like to record our audiobook, we would probably say, now let's do it at the same time, on the count of three. Okay. What was it like? One, two, three. Entertaining. Entertaining. Wow, we said that. We're so we on the same page. We said it at the same wow, time. I'm glad we had that great experience together and that we felt the exact same way about it. I think recording the audiobook was really fun. It was something else that we got to do together. And the reason why I said entertaining was because it was really fun that we were able to alternate chapters. So for me to be able to hear your performance, you always made me laugh and smile. So that's a good sign. And you always made me feel jealous. <laughs> about how much better your Mika voice was than mine. But I suppose you've got a naturally better Mika voice than I do. Maybe. I realized I had trouble pronouncing quite a few things. Fortunately, we have a great director who managed to highlight and help us through it. I'm not going to reveal it because I don't want you guys to analyze everything I say and be like, ugh, she did it again. I would say that I can't really remember. I don't think that there were any words that I struggled with. <laughs> I also know that I have short-term memory, so And it you works also well. know that you're just perfect, so. Right, that too. No, I'm sure there were a bunch of words that I struggled with. It's a real skill. So, so much respect to all the narrators out there who do this professionally. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear both of our voices a little bit more, because when we're performing on the ice, you see us dancing, moving, being athletic, and we do other things on social media, but this is the most we've ever talked for, you know, an extended period of time, I yeah, think. Yeah, we've done some interviews with the media before, but when you're being asked about how your performance was on the ice, it's really difficult to, to modulate your voice and, and really try different characters and think about how it's, like, really special that we get to do this, and you get to hear us in this new and different way. So it's been a <laughs> overall, I think, a really great situation for everyone involved, us included. But I think people get to hear a little bit and learn a little bit more about what Maya and I are like <laughs> in real life. Right, Maya? <laughs> if we weren't able to record this audiobook ourselves, for sure, Jim Dale. That would be a dream. Jim Dale, the amazing narrator who narrated the Harry Potter series that we listened to on repeat, uh, on all repeat. the time when well, we were growing up. The way that he sort of came up with a different voice for every character. And so he's goals. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I think the amazing thing about listening to audiobooks is that you can listen to them anywhere. So sometimes I listen when I'm doing cardio or when I'm in transit, either in the car or on a plane. Maya's a dynamic listener. I prefer sitting on a nice, comfortable armchair right next to the fireplace, candles lit. We don't have a fireplace. And, and now, listen, listen to a clip from, from our, our audiobook. <laughs> Andy Kudo froze with a forkful of mashed potatoes halfway to his mouth. Glancing around the dinner table, he shifted slightly in his seat to get a better look at the phone resting in his lap. It was a text from Devin Perez, his best friend from school, but the screen went dark before Andy could read it. Mika grabbed a chicken leg from the platter in the middle of the table. I wonder what we'll be eating for dinner tomorrow in Tokyo, she said, waving the leg enthusiastically. Probably not fried chicken, right, Dad? This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.